Welcome to Gotham Summer Movie Club, a Gotham Production Studios original podcast. We're your hosts, Autumn and Raul. And each week this summer, the team here at Gotham will get together, analyze, scrutinize, and generally talk crap about a movie new to streaming platforms. On future episodes, we'll bring in our coworkers, but since Raul and I will be switching off hosting duties, we thought it would be nice to co-host episode one together. Yeah, this week we are talking about Megan on Amazon Prime Video, but before we get started, a warning that we will be talking spoilers. So now that that's out of the way, Autumn, why don't you get us started? It's on Amazon Prime Video. I watched the unrated version. Which version did you watch? I watched the rated. Okay. My version was rated. Yeah. Um, what was it rated? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I'm assuming R because th- there were several deaths that were, you know, somewhat gory. Probably not as gory as the ones that you watched. Mm. And maybe we can try to figure out what the differences there were. I'm going to look at my notes here that I took during the movie. The first thing I wrote down was Megan was driving the truck. And I sort of went into... Um, the, the snowplow? Yeah. <laughs> I sort of went in um, with that as the canon. <laughs> so I feel like I watched a different movie than you did. Okay, is that... Wait, uh, just to be super clear. We're talking about the prologue. Yes, and where the, that sweet little girl becomes an orphan. Right. I think that was Megan's fault. And this is this is like headcanon? Or this is like... <laughs> no, was it's there real. something <laughs> in the unrated version that showed Megan, like, you know, getting her driver's license and... <laughs> <laughs> she committed vehicular manslaughter, but like she was allowed by the state. I mean, um, you know. No, she. <laughs> that's just something I made up. Okay, decided. okay, got it, got it, got it. That therapist was a bitch. <laughs> just trying to, like, yeah, screw her. Trying to <laughs> protect that child from a honestly, and maybe we can get into Allison Williams' character. Mm-hmm. What was her name? I have no. I just she's just Gemma. Allison Gemma. It was said like seventeen million times. <laughs> that's okay. I'm a little disappointed. I didn't remember that. She's just, it's just Allison Williams to me. I think the therapist, I think she got the short end of the stick, though she did not get killed. Which That's true. I thought was for sure going to happen. You know, as a, as a working professional, I feel like I identified with the therapist. I feel like she was just trying to do her job. I feel like she showed up to the home of a woman who did not have a child that morning and was like, <laughs> why don't you have any toys? <laughs> And she said, I want to see you two interacting, playing with this toy together. Right. And then Gemma says hello to the child. And she's like, no, no, no. (laughs) Why don't you let her take the lead? I don't Uh know. That's fair. I don't. I'm not going to change your mind on the therapist. (laughs) I think that that's pretty clear. My big takeaway, my big like sort of hot take from this movie is really just that like Allison Williams is like the reigning. uh, I don't know if she's the reigning champion Mm -hmm. of just like horror ladies. But I certainly think she's coming for the belt. I have a little bit of, like, super dumb research. But I just... This is, like, an elite performance Mm -hmm. by her as a bad person who I'm rooting for, kind of, but not sure why I'm rooting for her. Because she... Like, she doesn't give a crap about her dead sister whatsoever. Like... She's purely we, concerned. We really don't get her mourning or anything. No, no there's zero She's like, mourning. Ah, damn, now I have a kid. Yeah. And, like, and yet, there are like moments where she is sort of endearing, where she does seem to genuinely you know, express care about her now orphaned niece. I just think that Alison Williams, between this and Get Out, uh, which she's not the centerpiece of 
get out. That's Daniel Kaluuya. But she's just like really identified her lane. And she is like really mastering it. I think I, I do have something I want to take you through. And it'll take like 30 seconds. Okay. Hopefully we're going to we are staring at a timer, but we'll see. <laughs> I think that Jamie Lee Curtis is actually the reigning champion of like horror ladies. Of course. She's been in seven Halloween movies, and I'm going to take you through them just super quickly right now okay. because I actually think that this is like a great template for Allison Williams. So Jamie Lee Curtis was in the first Halloween movie, and that was 1978. Okay, Halloween comes out in 1978. In 1981... I was ha- negative 21. Fantastic. We're <laughs> not going to talk about that. For listeners, like, I'm a millennial. Autumn is a Gen Z. <laughs> Is a Gen Z. Is just Gen Z. Is that how you say it? I'm just one of them. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to set that aside. So 1981, Halloween 2 comes out. It's not until 1998 that Halloween – it's not even Halloween 3. It's Halloween H2O comes out. What? And by the way, there are many other Halloween movies for anybody keeping track at home. But these are the ones that Jamie Lee Curtis is actually in. So she takes like a big break <laughs> until 1998 for Halloween H2O. Then 2002, just like four years later, uh, Halloween Resurrection. Then another big break until 2018. And she basically does this like new trilogy of like it's Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. And that's like 2018, 2021, 2022. And here's my advice to you, Allison Williams, is I think that Megan can like be – I think this can be her franchise. because. Yeah. Megan they already is, confirmed a sequel. They've already confirmed a sequel. By the way, Megan 2.0. So mad when I saw that that I I was like, it's going to be Megan 2. And then I they I saw the point oh and I was like, how did I not see that coming? <laughs> Megan is just like this, you know, allegory for technology. Who the hell knows what technology will be like in like 2040, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think Allison Williams should just do this. Just do like two to three of these movies like every 20 years. And the tech We'll write the movie itself. You know, Megan will just evolve and it'll be great. And so, yeah, that's my biggest takeaway from this movie is that Alice Williams is like on her way to being the horror champion and Megan can be that vehicle for her. Would you like to talk about like how they did it? Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> I actually didn't look into that at all, but I, it was like very clear that not very clear, but it was, yeah, it was like CGI in some way, shape or form. They did practical as much as they could. Mm. Um, and then they kind of supplemented like the face with CGI. Okay, so it's like an actress actor as the like doing the physical performance, but then the face is like like taken off of somebody else. Their intention was to make her look like quote a real life version of a Polar Express character. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> I do. I do remember the Polar Express. So they were like, so they were shooting for the Uncanny Valley. Yes, which makes sense because yeah. it's because Megan is a. Creepy robot, which they referenced several times in the movie, actually. I I do love how self-aware it was, how everyone was just like, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, Okay. What are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, This is definitely one of the big questions that I had for you, which is like, is this more of a horror movie or more of a comedy? Hmm. I'd say more of a horror. Okay. Because of the tropes that it does, though they're inherently comedic tropes. The movie, like, specifically aims to be funny mm-hmm. in certain moments. And I think there are a lot of moments where it actually does that. I was just really thinking about like the balance of that. And it made me think, you know, uh, this is not anything new. I think horror and comedy have sort of gone together well for a while now. Mm-hmm. But we don't really have a name for that genre. Mm-hmm. We have like dramedies. 
So I think we just need to start. Horomedy. Har- oh. No, I, I had it written down Horides. Horides. But I kind of like, oh, what did you just say? Horomedy. Horomedies. Um, it sounds like a Greek philosopher. It does. Horomedies. <laughs> yes. Yes. The teachings of Horomedies. So anyway, uh, that was that was a big one. I just felt like this movie is hilarious, mm-hmm. actually, in certain moments. And the casting is, I mean, that's maybe to your point of like how they, like they even, you know, sounds like they got two actresses to portray Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, but the casting is just like so on point with this movie. It's It's crazy. The actress that did the movements did the body for megan uh her name is amy donald and she's 12 years old <gasps> uh she performed what? she performed all of her own stunts including that like matrix getting up with what? just her legs do you remember that part where she was running through the woods to eat that guy's yes. ear and she's doing like the predator wait <laughs> okay wait yes the answer to your question is yes but also when you say eat his ear this might be our first like unrated moment because in my version she pulled the kid's ear off or like part of his ear off it she was did like, in mine too yeah. yeah and then she but then she like threw it away yes because they find it later sorry right. I, I, oh. I for some reason i felt like she bit it off but Autumn, you're right she pulled it do, off do you just like <laughs> you just like imagine your own movie within the movie you're like yeah it just makes stuff up. pulled it off and then <laughs> ate it with some steak sauce like i was eating dinner while i was watching this movie <laughs> Uh, you're like I was hungry. It's fine. <laughs> not paying um, attention. I was having Alfredo. Um, nice, yeah, but yeah. that that little four legged shamble through the mm, woods that was, that was not real. that was real. It was not written in the script. <gasps> um, her, the actress's mother sent the director a video of her doing that at home, and he was like, "Love it. Yes, <laughs> we're putting that in. <laughs> yes, that's that's Jaws level <laughs> improvisation." <laughs> by a a cast and crew that's honestly like mind-boggling to me that i I knew that it was like a someone physically performing and i guess yeah megan's like four feet tall so i guess i should have known that it would have been a young woman Mm -hmm. but like 12 years old that's wild because it's really like a super physical performance and you know portraying a robot in certain scenes walking very stiffly but then i'll you know that's Incredible. And this was not her first super physical performance because when she was nine years old, she represented New Zealand at the Dance World Cup where she won silver and bronze. I didn't look further into that. I don't know how she got both (laughs) awards. (laughs) Um, Okay. So what you're saying is that this this little girl is like the LeBron James of (laughs) – I I don't even know what to call it. Mm -hmm. Like just physical – she has control Just, of each of her bones individually. Oh my god, uh, she's yeah. Okay, that's that's um, pretty unbelievable. This person is clearly going to go on to be like the greatest at whatever she does. I don't know because mm-hmm. nine and twelve, the Dance World Cup, which I literally just found out from you exists, and <laughs> this movie Megan. I mean, just that's a that's a hell of a start to a. I was gonna say career, but I feel like just life in general is yeah. you know. Let's see. Uh, random thoughts i had i needed more of that police detective i needed like a lot more of that police detective like i needed him to like circle back i was thinking megan 2.0 maybe i need like an expanded universe where it's just like he's the only like connective piece where it's just like he's just trying to solve all these like crimes and he's Mm -hmm. just obviously terrible at his job yeah I, i just like needed more of that guy um he was very fun and also kurt the assistant to 
uh, Ronnie Ronnie Chang, mm-hmm. um, he, him like stealing the files and then getting killed later. I just like I thought that that was gonna be like a Jurassic Park moment of like the Barbasol can, like oh you know is is this laptop gonna fall into the hands of some rival company or something? And that just like never really happened. He just got killed, and I was like, why? So why? It like, only comes up when. Megan's like threatening him and she calls it a prank releasing company secrets. Yes. I don't know why that this was just like a super random moment that occurred to me just this like I think I just one was wondering what sort of the purpose was to that. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that narratively it was just to like excuse killing him. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think otherwise it was just kind he was like, he was a very milk toast guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was super innocent other than the fact that he tried to steal intellectual property and potentially had been browsing Pornhub previously at work. I feel like through Megan's, her arc and Mm. who she comes to hate, I feel like she would have wanted him to live. I feel like she would have been like, yeah, that's fine. I thought she was going to let him I hate this company. You hate this company. I thought she was just going to like get in the elevator and like hit the button and (laughs) then just like ride the elevator with him and this dead body. Mm -hmm. I honestly thought that that was going to happen and then no, and then it was very clear that she was had this whole backstory, and it was like, no one's going to think it was Kurt. Everyone's going to think it was this demonic robot doll. Like, we already know, Megan. <laughs> I don't know. How did she know about that? It was very, like, opaque, but I think there was just reference to, like, anytime she gets hooked up, mm. she just sort of, like, has access to all of this, like, the internet That's, yeah. and whatever system she's connected to. I think that's how we we get the ending as well you're right all right now we're going to give you our one sentence reviews for megan but first if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform you can check out our gotham youtube channel if you want to see our faces and all the other great content we make like the show zag season a former gotham original podcast and if you're watching on youtube already you can check out the audio version of the podcast for the full episode Raul, what's your one sentence review uh my one sentence review of megan is that as much as i hate to admit it it was a perfect movie. It was a tight 100 minutes, uh, which is super rare nowadays, uh, but is so refreshing when you finally find a movie like that. There's not a wasted character or line or scene or any of that. It's just a super enjoyable joyride that knows exactly what it is and exactly what it's trying to do. And it's beautiful. And that was way more than one sentence. But the first sentence is my one sentence review. What about you, Autumn? One sentence review. None of the events of this film would have happened if that therapist didn't suck shit. Oh my god. The therapist. <laughs> Katie wouldn't have needed a robot doll as yeah. a companion if that therapist just did a good job of helping her parse through her emotional issues during this time of crisis. I, I, but instead, <laughs> she had Katie and Gemma so thrown off that she was being actively pushed away. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that happened. The whole movie. I think we just dial it way back and like, I think it's the snowplow driver's fault. I feel like the therapist is like at least fourth on the list of people I would blame. But that's okay. This is why we do this. What if she was driving the snowplow? Yeah. Did she have an alibi? You know? I don't think so. Well, regardless of whose fault it was, at the end of every episode of Gotham Summer Movie Club, we're going to give the streaming service a completely arbitrary number of points to add to their summer streamer score, which is not trademarked, but it should be. 
And at the end of our run here, we'll add it all up and see who won the Summer Streaming Wars, which is also not trademarked. What score would you give, Miss Regan? I would give Amazon Prime Video. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I would give them, I'm not sure if this is a big number or a small number, but I would give them, I'm going to give them 10 points. 10 points. I, and which I'm just, I'm just giving it a 10, like a 10, 10 points. I think they did a great job buying the rights to this movie. Great job with your money. And I think that in general, I think that Amazon Prime is acquiring a lot of like pretty good movies lately. I guess hopefully this is a trend that will continue. I like having lots of good movies in one place or only a couple places. It makes it easier for me when I'm picking a movie. So yeah, 10 points. I'm going to give them nine points just because I think you liked it a little bit more than me. This feels like a Price is Right move by you. <laughs> like you're just kind of like undercutting me just a little bit, but it's okay. It's part of our dynamic. All right. Well, that wraps it up for today. So thank you for listening to Gotham Summer Movie Club, our inaugural episode. And don't forget to find us on Instagram and YouTube at Gotham Production Studios on the next episode what movie were we going to be talking about, Autumn? We're going to be talking about Under the Silver Lake, which has Andrew Garfield in it, and it's on Max, formerly known as HBO Max. Very excited for that one. Heard it's an amazing movie. So make sure to check out that one and join us next week. Thanks, Thank everybody. You.